it. So I'm kind of just sitting here kind of, this is my reset button, Gaia, Gaia. Go back to Gaia, go back to initiation. This is kind of like the starting point for me. Like for example, I'm like, when I get, let me pause it actually. I, I thought I was just gonna go, I, I thought I was just gonna go straight to watching but as I once it started I was like you know what this is like it's like season one episode one unity and then of course I had not planned this because I did not remember that the literal first screen you see it says Akashic Records and you know this is one of those things it's like this is the source it's like the records the Akashic Records are the source it's like all the information you need in order to exist in the environment that you are currently dwelling in is available there. That's kind of like, this is kind of like pointing you in the, this is where you need to go. Like, so sometimes when I get like confused or feel lost or feel submerged by the environment, I feel like the space is too tight. You know, I try to have, and, and I had said that I was actually going to create like a little external reminder so when I start to feel like the breakdown I had the other day, which is remarkably recorded, um, something just, uh, I, I don't, don't want to veer too down. J just remind me, I did record it. It's recorded this time. <laughs> you can hear it, but that, you know, anyway, so that to me is worst case scenario. That is me when I'm completely broken. That's, that's rock bottom there. <laughs> that's rock bottom. And Sometimes it can be hard to think your way out of that. I mean, it starts to feel like, I mean, it's it's not even beyond quick. It's like, it's like not even quicksand at this point. It's like you're at the bottom stuck in tar. <laughs> like, and you realize it's like, oh, it's some, it's like you realize that beyond the quicksand is a concrete bottom covered in tar. And you're kind of stuck there with your feet planted in that cement and tar. And you realize, oh, I'm kind of here. It's like I'm at the bottom, 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 like that. The the image that comes to mind is that statue in the Louvre of, and I'm gonna have to get the get it right. I'm not gonna. It's like I, I um, it just come. The image just coming to mind. But you know the one with the is it uh, with the father and he's he's there with his children and he's just in, in ag. Oh, maybe it's, maybe part of it, maybe it's Dante's Inferno and maybe it's that image as well. They're all coming to mind when I thinking about that rock bottom worst case scenario space where you're, you're, you're crashed. Like you are at capacity. You know, you're at capacity. You're standing at the dividing line between being okay and not being okay. Then what do you do? And I was explaining how difficult it is to think your way out of that because you feel truly injured. You feel wounded and injured. And actually, you feel safer staying in that tar. You feel like, oh my goodness, the world out there is a dangerous place. I'm just going to stay here stuck in this tar because at least I can control it. <laughs> like I can see everything from where I'm sitting. And that dark space starts to feel like, okay, I, I think I could stay here because I, as you can see on the recording, I had pushed everybody out. I was like, I don't even want to see my children right now. And the part that is not captioned on the tape is when I was sort of in that corner, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, with that blanket wrapped around me, I was at one point laying on the floor and I started chanting, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, which is what I used to do when I was a really little girl, which I had not remembered until that moment. But when I 
was feeling really hurt, I would close my eyes and just start chanting that because I wanted to disappear. So I would start saying, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, because I was thinking that if they didn't see me, I would not hurt as much. Like, as long as I would, like, for example, to take the store example, you heard what happened. In my mind at the time, I was thinking, if I never go into that store again and I never see those people again, I don't have to experience the humiliation and embarrassment that I felt in that moment. So that's what I was thinking at the time, you know? That type of thinking is what keep, keeps you, like I said, trapped in your cube. You know, it's like, I'm like, I never want to see. And then that led to me not wanting to ever see anyone ever again, including my children. I was like, I just, I was like, that's why I was like, I wanted to disappear. And that's when I started chanting, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. You know, it was just like, like I said, worst case scenario moment. And so when you have a break like that, it can be, it can hurt so much. You, you can start to wonder how you're going to, you know, bring yourself out of that space. And, you know, I, yesterday was, I kind of gave myself a break, but today, so, so it wasn't like, uh, anyway, let me just get back to the present moment because it's important because I do want to watch this. So the last time I had a near break, it wasn't a full break like what happened the other day. It was a near break. The last time that happened, the program that centered me was initiation with Matthias Di Stefano. The beginning part of initiation centered me and it was helpful. But then some of the episodes episodes started to veer in a direction that felt uncomfortable for me. Uncomfortable for me. And I felt like, hmm. And then some of the information started to feel like it was more information that I felt like I wanted to ingest at that time. So sometimes when I get confused, I start, I go to my I go to my um, initiation because that's what it felt like to me. In the beginning, it felt like an initiation into this realm and where this additional information was available that, and that additional information felt, it felt true, it felt accurate, it felt, you know, uplifting, it felt enlightening, it felt like this is really, really, really good, helpful information, especially for someone like me. If you are susceptible to having these mental breaks, what happens during those breaks is that you feel lost. You feel lost and you're looking for something to ground you. And so I'm going to watch initiation again. I'm going to start here because I feel like it strengthens me. And at the beginning, because if you are suffering a break, you, it's like you can't even think. You can't even think straight. So when people start talking about what to do and how to solve it, I'm like, yeah, none of that makes any sense to me right now. Because right now I am sitting in the middle of a massive black hole. You know, remark and, and interestingly enough, I it just happened. So I just watched Interstellar again this morning. I was led to watch it, so I watched Interstellar again last night. And I'm like, yeah, because right now I'm in the middle of a black hole. You know what I mean? It's like because right now in my life, my entire life is like one teeny tiny thought loop, a little string, if you will. And it's like my entire existence is resting on that one little string. But right now, it's on one continuous loop because. I, I felt like I was crushed at the grocery store the other day. It like crushed me to a point where I was at that point, I felt like, okay, I'm just here. I don't know how to get out. So when I watched 
it, it was it occurred to me today, I was led. And again, this is a part that's very difficult to explain to people. I felt led to watch this program this morning to help me. I felt led to do that. So I'm going to watch it. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to keep it rolling because there's probably going to be so much information coming out of here, like way more information than I even got out last time. But the one thing I do know is I don't know if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch all of it because like I said, the last time I watched this series, some of the information started to feel uncomfortable. So I'll see. We'll just see how it goes. Okay. All right. I'll start. So right now, like I said, the literal first screen says um, Akashic Records. Okay, let me just read that. I do think this will be important. So I'm going to pause again. Hold on. Okay. So here's, here's what it says. It says the Akashic Records are a compendium of all events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent that have occurred in the past, present, or future. That's, to me, the whole thing right there. It's just like that's... If you know this information, I feel like then you know everything else. You know what I mean? And so that is, I, I don't, I want to keep, I really do need this information for me right now. So I'm, I'm listening to it both for myself and also for the purpose of sharing and instruction. And let's just see how it goes. I'm, I'll try not to continue to pause too much, but that's a very, very, very important statement. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't, I didn't realize there was more. All right. It says, okay, here's the next sentence. Same screen. It says they are believed by theosophists, theosophists to be encoded in a non-physical plane of existence. Bam. That's the whole thing right there. So when I first watched this program and I read that, I was like, absolutely. Like that's all true. So that's why I continue to watch this initiation series because I know that at the core of this is truth. I know this to be true. I know this to be true. So it's just that some of the information Matthias shares, I think, is so far beyond human comprehension that it feels uncomfortable for me to integrate it into my existence, at least based upon the reality that currently exists. And it's like, I don't, I don't deny that any of that is true. Like, so you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not saying I, I believe it's, it's, it's just that I can't, I don't know how to incorporate that information yet. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's not true. I'm saying I don't yet know how to process it. So I know that at the core of this initiation series is something, statements that I know to be so true based upon my own experience that that's the reason why I continue to watch, even despite the fact that some of the information in the entire series, I get uncomfortable. So let's just, all right, now I'm going to play again. Here we go.
and my purpose is to remember. Since I was three, I began to remember past life before I was born. I thought this was normal until many years later, I realized people could not see what I could see. Usually at this age, the brain begins to disengage with other dimensions, but mine stay active and still is today. This part of my brain that is still active allows me to remember in full detail the past and connects me with the cosmic memory that unites us all. Through these visions, I see people and places and important things. These visions help me piece together the existence of not only humans, but the universe itself. This place I was connected to was referred to me in my visions as Thamthyarga, which means spiral cord of God, or as I later learned, the central Akashic records. I believe I have been given this gift to tap into the Akashic records of the cosmic plan so that I can help people understand the structure of the universe we live in, the concept of our existence and the importance of things we ignore in everyday life that are essential for our growth as we move into the next dimension. In this series, we will go beyond what you have read in history books. That civilization started 3,000 years ago, back to 30 million years ago when humans first existed in the universe. And we will go back 6,000 million years ago to the creation of the universe itself. We will cover races that influenced humanity since Lemuria and Atlantis. We will cover alien groups in the universe and the great war that took place in our galaxy. I will share with you how to open your heart portal so that you can help others. And last but not least, I will share how our world exists and why I was able to remember it. Twelve thousand years ago, I started on this journey, and this lifetime, I hope to fulfill it. My dream is that you fulfill yours as well. Once we have the tools to be bigger than society, bigger than our current bodies, and larger than our understanding of who we think we are, we will be able to contribute our unique soul imprint into this time period of change. My memories are bound into my spiritual mind or higher self, who I call Gan, and by emotions through my soul and its memory of three specific lives. One, 12,000 years ago in the River Nile. Another one, 900 years ago in Scandinavia. And the farthest one, almost 60 million Earth years ago in Gluduk, a planet in Sirius. Let's begin where there was no beginning. It's important that every human being understand the dimensions because we live in every dimension. We are not just in one dimension. We used to believe that we are in the third dimension, but actually we live in every one of them. Dimensions are not just a place that you go 
when you when your consciousness is aware of them is a perspective you have of reality reality is just one thing it's just only one dimension it's just one truth but that only truth has many ways of being seen so as many beings can see that only truth we can have more perspective to improve that truth so that's why we have at least nine dimensions that are the basis of our reality and we are now able just to see the third dimension to feel the third dimension but we actually live in many of them that's why when i try to explain where we come from or who am i or what is the truth of this reality of this planet and the history of humanity i will not explain the whole truth i will not explain the only truth i'm telling the part of the truth i've seen i start to remember every dimension when i was 15 years old in this life and it was for me the first time i changed the way i saw the universe because i realized that i was just a projection of the universe and in my mind was trying to look for the place and the time where i could understand every dimension and from where i could explain every dimension and the first place where i found the best way to explain them was in one life millions of years ago in this planet i remember with the name ludok in the constellation of canis in the star of sirius in that life i was kind of a politician in charge of a neighborhood but we were not like a society we have here on earth we were every one of us like neurons conscious neurons of the planet in our society we knew that we were not alive because we were a civilization we realized that we were the thinking of the planet that the only one evolving was the planet so every one of us had this knowledge that if we are the evolving consciousness of the planet every one of us had to know the truth and if we share every part of the truth as a civilization we can hold the knowledge of the self so that's why in that life for me was the first moment i could explain and i could feel and understand every reality and every dimension because we were meant to know every dimension as an as a, our normal life for us in our civilization in that planet we used to see reality and our life like going through every dimension in practicing every year of our entire life to understand that we were learning about ourselves in many perspectives and many dimensions so for us it was normal to go through this knowledge and it was not from the mind the only way you can go through every dimension is from the heart because the heart is the only one that can feel before understanding mind is just the process to understand the reality and the feelings are the way you can go through that reality that's why we were a very mental civilization but when we had to understand everything 
we just have to be silent and feel it. The first thing I've learned in this planet about dimensions was that dimensions are just different perspectives of just one truth. We were taught that the truth is like a sphere. You cannot see the whole thing. You just can't look into one part of it. The perspective of that truth changed from where I'm seeing that truth. So every one of us had to know many, at least 12 of those perspectives so we could have the whole. But we knew that we should not go and take every dimension for ourselves and to go and look for every perspective for ourselves that we had to do was to center in our own reality and perspective, knowing that every one of them was true. But if we go out of our perspective, then one of the parts would be missing. At the beginning of the civilization, we were taught that our goal was to go to the stars. What we as humanity are now, we are looking to the heaven since thousands of years ago, and we are saying the stars are, are our goal, and we have to go there, and we have to look for life in other planets, and we have to go farther. But suddenly, when we start to understand the dimensions, we understood that the only dimension that exists is the first one, that the first one holds all the realities and every perspective, and the first one is just a spot in the core of the sphere. So we realized that going out to look for that truth was not the goal. The goal was to go in, in the core of the planet, and there we could see every perspective from one spot. So our goal in the reality was to leave every dimension, but not to go to those dimensions, but to understand that them all are just perspective of the first one which is unity. First dimension is mind. First dimension is the thoughts. There is nothing but consciousness in the universe. That's the only thing that exists. Mind is the only spot from where every perspective is projected in the universe. There is nothing else but mind. And the waves that the thinking, the thoughts are doing in the universe creates these oceans of thinking that then we call time and space and every other dimension. But unity was not created. Unity is itself constant and the only thing that exists. Everything is just a projection of the self, of just one being, and that one being you may call it God or whatever, uh, I call it the consciousness. We are all in that consciousness and living the different perspective of that consciousness. So unity is the only place from where we come from and where we go to. That's why every being in the universe is telling us to go to unity, to remember that we are one. This is something that we as humanity are trying to understand now. We are one, but we don't really know what exactly mean to be one. 
because we think that being one is to be together and everyone think the same and everyone be happy and, and all in peace and harmony. And it's not that. It's to remember that we are just holograms of the reality, which is one spot. And that there is no other reality but one. So the beginning of the first dimension is when the only consciousness existing in the universe made a question. The question started from one certain thing, certain truth, that was I am. The only thing that the consciousness knew was that it was only one and it was called I am. So the universe was created from the self, from the one. At the moment, the I am asked itself who I can become. So there was the beginning of everything, but not the matter, not the galaxies, just the idea of being someone else. This is the time where time doesn't exist. There was no possibility to say it happened some years ago. <laughs> it's impossible to say so because there was no time, there was no space. When you try to think about unity, the only way you can achieve that goal to feel it or to think about it is in your mind, in your imagination. It's the only way you can achieve unity. There is no way you can do it through the third dimension. The only way you can go through it is through mind. That's why when we start to practice the unity and we have to go to the very beginning, we have to go through every idea we have about reality. Because every reality is just a thinking, so it's not the real truth. So there's no way to compare the beginning with anything you possibly know. That's why every being in this planet and other planets that were told how to go to the unity, the first thing that they had to do was unlearn everything they've learned in their life. So you have to forget. That's the only way. The only way you can remember is if you forget everything you know. So that's what we call the void. That's an emptiness. And you just start to see that there is nothing. And suddenly, when you finally see that darkness and the void is the only place where you could possibly see everything within, so you will understand that the beginning of the first dimension, it was not something that you could see. It was something that you could feel. Feeling is the only way you can understand the first dimension. And it's so, so many feelings that we call neutrality. It's like you can feel so many things that suddenly you can't feel anything. And you just are like floating in the universe and nothingness. And you realize that the first dimension is just what you project as an idea, as an imagination. So the only way you can understand the first dimension is if you go back to your childhood and remember that you could imagine whatever you possibly could imagine 
and you are free from every experience you have and and suddenly you can travel through time and space from being in just one spot so the beginning of everything is not a light is not an electron is a thinking a thought that that starts to wave around and you just start to feel it like a waving thinking and suddenly these waves start to make a sound the vibration this movement starts to sound like a and this low vibration start to go higher and higher and higher and suddenly in every mix start to sing is like a the most beautiful song you could ever possibly think about that's what you could feel in the first dimension that's why unity is not something that we are going to live as real real thing in this planet the reality of this universe is that there is no time and no space because everything is just one there's no split in times there's no split in perspectives is there's no split in space so that's why unity is the only state where you could feel everything where you could see everything where you could be anywhere serious for us was the spot where we could learn how to go back to unity we used to call serious inna that's the name we had for the two stars the bigger one in and the small one na inna we were called the inna people and the inna people has this story at the first beginning there was nothing there was a void and from that void there was a breath a breathing that starts to create every reality by that breathing a door was open in the universe the door of the self and the self went through every time and every space we call that the m the portal the h the time and the s the space so the name for the universe for us was mahas mahas was the creation was the consciousness going from this unity towards everything towards every dimension and after that we realized that where does it go and what is the limit of that but we realized that it was limitless there was no end there was no purpose so the only purpose that we had was to try to understand every space to understand every time and then bring them all to the portal to the self again and we call that the s h m saham we used to call the universe as the process mahasaham mahasaham was the name of god for us but we knew that god was not outside it was everything so the goal of everything was to go through every time and space possibly talking and possibly living in the whole reality and then bring them all again to the self so the whole process of the universe was to go from the self 
the first dimension, split in many other dimensions. Those other dimensions start to split like flowers in the universe, creating this big network of consciousness around, like a very big, the biggest mind you could possibly imagine in the universe, creating every reality. And then when you had accomplished to live every possible reality, you go back to the self and says to the self, I did it. Now I know what I could become. So for the universe, for, for the story of Ina people, we used to say there was no purpose but to remember who we are. Or there's no purpose but go and see what we are capable of. It's just like this trip that the hero in the stories used to take, going out your home, go through all these adventures, believe in yourself, try to understand who you can become, and then go back to your home to tell the story of what you have become. For us, there was no goal in the universe. For us, the only goal was to know ourselves as in many possible dimensions we could. We knew that the whole universe was in a perfect balance, but also when it become aware of itself, the universe and the civilizations around the universe start to realize that they were trapped in a kind of a network, that they could not go out from that, that we were trapped in this matrix. So we inner people and other beings in other planets realize that there is no one that created this matrix for you, that you walking and going through the thinkings of the universe, the thoughts of this great mind, you were waving the universe. So suddenly, when you had this whole movement around the sphere of reality, you stop being a spider and become a fly, trapped in a reality. Oh my goodness, I was listening intently and I did not think I was gonna stop again, but that is such an important point because I, on the creative side of, of this project, I had been trying to relate this um, mental health exercise. That's what I refer to it as. These recordings I make are mental health exercises. They're like brain training tools I've developed to help me rebuild my mind when I fall into a ditch, which I also refer to as a black hole, or some people say depression or something like that. Anxiety, you know, number of different names. It's just when your mind gets stuck on one continuous negative thought loop. Um, all right. So he said, he referred to that at that point, you stop being a spider and you become a fly trapped in the reality. I think I'm gonna leave it right there. I was gonna tape the whole thing, but that's such an important point, such an important point and like the perfect segue into the creative side of this project, trying to tie back this whole thing to like the whole um, Marvel universe and, and in particular, the Spider-Man and Mr. Strange series. Oh man, so perfect. So perfect. Oh, man. Um, all right. Thanks for listening.
So the title of this thought coming through is, quote unquote, let them eat cake. And I love it. I love it. I love it. So a couple things. Let them eat cake is one. And what was the other one? Don't look up is another. So, you know, not too long after I was watching um, Initiation, you know, I start to feel weird feelings, honestly. That's the truth when I watch that show. And even though I know it's true, it starts to feel uncomfortable because it's such a radical departure from what people currently believe and understand. Uh, I won't even get into what the message was that was coming up, but I mean, it would make a lot of people really uncomfortable, the visual of it. But anyway, so that was one. And what it made me think of was that recent Netflix movie, Don't Look Up. And I think the irony is that they were using it to, um, you know, encourage people. Basically, I want to say as used in both contexts, in the context in which it was used in the show, and the contrast that with the way I'm trying to use it now, they're kind of opposite. Because in the film, they were saying don't look up as a way to keep people in the darkness. Like, don't look up, just, you know, listen to us, you know, don't worry. And it was a lie, you know, it was like, don't look up. But in this instance, it's, it's using it to tell people to look towards the truth. They're saying, but it's, it's like a different emphasis. It was like, um, the, don't, don't look up, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, um, wrong direction. You know, and I'm like, wow, the, the truth of that and the visual of that would, would frighten people. People would be really afraid by that. And so how do you convey that message? I mean, it's such a radical departure, you know? So that's kind of the thought that's coming through. Ugh. All right. All right. So I did want to add a little bit about the let them eat cake reference because I mentioned it at the very beginning and it's so good. I'm going to keep this one to myself. This is I'm going to actually refer to it as Operation Let Them Eat Cake. It's so good. It's so good. I never could have thought of something by myself. This is what I mean about feeling like divinely inspired. Like, how could this not be divine inspiration? Because it's so good. I'm going to keep this one to myself. I'm just going to work towards implementing that plan. Ideas were then coming to mind. I think what I'll do separately is I will record the implementation of Operation Let Them Eat Cake. It's so good. I love it so much. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. All right. So it's Sunday. I think it's May the 1st. But, um... So this is what's happening today. I am, um, you know, here. Well, let me back up a little bit. So I started writing, I think, on Friday. Yeah. And I have not been able to stop. And in fact, it's almost like through my writing, I have created an entire, like this alternate world for myself and I just prefer to live there you know and my so-called real world the physical 3d reality I currently dwell in has just like become unbearable it's just unbearable and so I was writing like all day on Friday and I think I stopped at some point, but yeah, what's today? Today's Sunday. So I was writing like all day Friday, most of the day Saturday, and then yesterday, that's right. So yesterday I stopped. As soon as I stopped writing, 
I could not stop crying. I could not stop crying. It was like those feelings of dread. As soon as I stopped writing, the feelings I was trying to suppress came right back. And, you know, it's making me think like, like, can't I just stay <laughs> like in this writer's space? Like, can't I just live here from now on? And because it's the only place where I feel like sane, I feel balanced, I feel strong, I feel confident. It's like the only place. And, you know, in my head, because my physical reality is just my actual life, it's just a mess. And it's just, I feel like I can't do anything right. I feel like every path. I've taken every decision I've made, every out. It's like, it feels like I can't win in that space. It, it, it's like I try to dream up new realities all the time, you know, within that space. And it feels like no matter what, somehow, some way, I end up in the exact same fact pattern. The same facts over and over and over again. Same, 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 same. I think what feels frustrating is that they start off looking different, you know? Like each scenario looks different. But here's here's the issue. If you were to strip away all the, like, all like let's just take away a layer like the superficial layer like look beyond appearances i mean the basic facts are nearly identical like the structure of the facts like the circumstances under which i took these positions um the reasons why they didn't work out you know the circumstances of my same they're the same you know so one could argue like man how did you not see that coming I think the answer is that, well, you kind of see it, but then you kind of don't want to see it because what is she going to do? You're going to not work? You're going to not take the job? What are you going to do? So, you know, I kind of feel like that's what I mean when I say it's like a no-win situation because when you're trying to exist in the matrix, in the structure, you have to abide by the rules of the matrix. You have to abide by those rules, you know? And it's like, basically, what comes to mind is that scene from Inception where the um, Ariande character, where she's like changing a lot of stuff and the Leonardo DiCaprio character is like, like don't change look. Like, basically, it's almost like the, the, the subconscious programming becomes aware that you are like a foreign object and it will then start turning on you. Because if you even look at it from like a algorithmic perspective, it's like you're trying to take down the matrix. You know what I mean? Yet you're also trying to benefit from its structure. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's an internally inconsistent argument. I mean, that's like, that's cognitive, cognitive dissonance. You know what I mean? It's like, because basically when I strip away what I'm trying to do with the projects I'm working on, 
it has actually is that. That's why I call it beyond the matrix. I mean, it kind of is that. And so if you drill down like deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into like the very core basic level, it's almost like me. If, if, if you went down, drilled down to like a coding level, like an algorithmic level, think about it like that. It's kind of like me in my conscious algorithmic self, my, you know, and the matrix algorithm, like similar to that in the literal in the matrix where he's standing there face to face with his opposite. And it's like, look, it's either you or me, <laughs> like you either keep moving, keep living because because basically it's it's going to come down to you and me. And you will see we're opposite ends of the same spectrum, but really and truly the two of us cannot merge. We have to remain separate in order for either one of us to exist. So carry on. You know what I mean? So you can kind of regard that man in, in the room with the computers and all the white. You can just kind of regard him as the, the your opposite in algorithm. And you can then see like, yeah, you know, we need each other to exist, but we can't. We, we, we can't like you realize that if we're seeing each other face to face, that that's the very definition of an error, because the whole point of this thing is for the two of us never to meet. Right. Because in order for you to, to be able to exist within the matrix, there's a certain amount of unknowingness you need to have. Otherwise, you see through it just like he did and you see what it really is. And then it becomes impossible to to live in it, so to speak. So what I'm experiencing now is just, well, think about what your project would ultimately do. I mean, ultimately, you're try it's, it's, it's like you're trying to basically, you know, separate. It, I don't know. It's like you're trying to create a division between the matrix and beyond the matrix. You're kind of that space in the middle that is able to see both sides. But yet under my current situation, I still have to essentially rely upon the structure of the matrix in order to earn a living. So it's almost like at a basic like algorithm, algorithmic coding level, we are, we're opponents, you know? And so I think that's partly why I am experiencing this surge of creativity right now, almost like showing, paving a way for me to exist in a purely creative space so that I can do what I'm supposed to do and talk about what I'm supposed to talk about and live the way I'm supposed to live without relying upon the structure of the system, the matrix, you know? And so, you know, now like the energy that's kind of coming to me is like, I'm just going to say it the way the energy is coming to me and it's going to sound really crazy to a lot of people. Oh, actually, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about that yet because it would require me to say my real name. And I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I just got to think about that one some more. Maybe I'll write it out first. Maybe, actually, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll write it out first. But basically, let me just at least say the message is about purpose. And basically, it's like some people were born like with their purpose. Like they were meant to wake up. They were meant, they, they were almost like given instructions, like their entire existence was for the purpose of them to wake up within their lifetime and to disseminate a message or message or to facilitate communication. And it's like, that is the case with me, like beginning with my birth date and time 
and name at birth and you know all of that stuff it's all like laid out very very carefully in a well-designed way for me in particular to wake up using my past as confirmation that that is exactly what I was supposed to do to wake up within my lifetime and to basically be a conduit a channel a message a medium whatever you want to call it (sighs) okay I think that's all I want to say about that right now. Thanks for listening. Uh, some <clears throat> really interesting thoughts coming to me right, right now. I had like a really felt like out of the blue, but really persistent and vivid thought of like kind of like, <clears throat> you know, glimpsing, like glimpsing and catching a glimpse of a room. And it's almost like a conference room and it's like all white, but I can make out the figure of like a character, a figure that looks remarkably like Jeff, that, that Epstein character. And it's almost like he's sitting there almost like giving instructions, you know, like he's conveying information. And so then, you know, I'm looking kind of from afar. So that image is, you know, projected you know, like I see it outside of me like it's like I see it in my mind's eye and so and then the thought started occurring to me it was almost like the land of patterns it's like <clears throat> people who are acting you know pursuant to a pattern of behavior it's like well where those patterns are made made it's almost like the same frequency level like in terms of what a pattern even is like at a numeric level, like there's that level. But then at that level, there's like individual rooms where that a particular behavioral pattern is like fine tuned, (laughs) you know? And it's like that Epstein example is provided as like an extreme example to almost allow one to see like how much how much work needs to be done to help people understand their own patterns so that they can also, you know, kind of take corrective action to prevent those patterns from repeating themselves. Because there's kind of like energies on the other side that are taking steps to reinforce what we might perceive as humans as negative patterns, you know? Like, it's almost like they are and have been for a really long time doing that work. The image that comes to mind is Hugh Hefner, you know? They understand, like, they, they, go, to, they go to great lengths to kind of, like, make sure that their minds remain open so that they can, you know, re- revi- like, revisit and revise those patterns and, like, reinstall reinforce and support them for themselves, you know? And so, you know, there's people who think that way and it's almost like, well, people on the other side need to think about how they can undo some of that damage because damage has been done from people who think that way. It has, and we're experiencing it now, you know, and part of rebalancing it is kind of like waking up and realize that you are more kind of like you just being aware. I'm just going to just being aware, just, you know, what people would call, you know, awake, you know, an awakening, you know, 
learning how to kind of liberate yourself from your subconscious programming and like lead a brand new life, you know, free from that, you know, pain and those impulses and those instincts and, you know, free from allow from your mind being controlled that way, you know. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. So this message is another like super powerful one. I mean, so this one is in response to a specific question from a person that I, um, anyway, this person had asked me if I had ever like reached out to any of the energy and like, like, who are you? Or, you know, requested any kind of identification or anything like that. And the answer was no, because I'd never done that before because I, I earlier today I was thinking about that question and I was had concluded that part of the reason is because I have felt like I'm comfortable with saying they. You know what I mean? Like that's as far as I was willing to go. And whenever I would put a face on it, I would put a face of, of a relative or some an aunt, someone I knew, because that felt the most comfortable for me. And the movie that came to mind was Contact. I mean, there's no, the energy doesn't really exist anywhere. I mean, it's just out there and you're kind of drawn to it. And, you know, face to face with that energy, it, I had always had a preference for, well, first of all, I would say I don't want to see anybody. I would say that out loud, that I did not want to see anyone because my grandmother would see spirits and it would freak me out, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I don't want to see anybody. Even when, I, even when I would feel a strong presence, I would say, I don't want to see anybody. And part of the reason I call myself doing that is because I felt like it was a dividing line for me. I was like, I don't, I don't want to see anything in my environment. I'm fine to visualize it in my head and to know that it's energy from a non-physical realm. But I don't want to see anybody. But interestingly enough, today I was receiving like specific messages from what specific I can best describe as Atlanteans. You know, it was like, literally sending me a visual of how to breathe in the water when you first arrive. I mean, that was, it was like a specific meditation, a specific stance, a specific way of breathing when you are coming out of the water from below. That was the message and the visuals. And it was very, 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 very vivid. I can actually even feel myself there. You know, I can feel myself there in that space and understanding the instructions being given to me. I now know how to breathe. I know, I know what to listen for. I know what to look for. I know. So it feels like if I were ever in that situation, I wouldn't know what to do next. You know, and it's like, it's almost like you're existing above and below. I mean, you are aware that there's, an existence beyond the one from which you came, which is the water, you know, but at that time, you're still more existing below the water than you are above, you know, so it's almost like once you get to the surface of the water, you're kind of 
thinking about, wow, this is really cool. But you know, it's like you can't stay because you live in the water. And so it was like specific exercises of how to become human. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. And it just felt to me that that energy was, it was like Atlantis and the energy of Atlanteans and following that trajectory was like, I don't know, that's the overwhelming energy and spirit that I felt and the information felt Atlantean above and below and like showing me and guiding me and teaching me what that means. And it's like the best I can describe it, it's like emerging from a quantum realm, realm, emerging from a quantum realm where like the water or the ocean is like the wormhole, <laughs> the portal, and then you you kind of arrive at the surface of the water bearing all the information you need, all the seeds, everything you need to like create life, you know, above the water. But anyway, so it's just like a super powerful message and visual to receive. And um, so I guess I feel like I still I'm going to hold firm to my belief. I'm fine to receive that type of energy, but I feel like I still am not comfortable with I again, for me, I'm like I don't want to see anybody in my environment right now. That's how I feel. You know, I maybe I feel, I'll feel differently at a later time, but that's I I'm fine the way the energy is coming to me now feels very comfortable and I'm fine with it. And I think for now I'd like to leave it at that. Okay. Thanks for listening.